Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Greenhound Blitz right here on TuneIn, Player FM, Google Cast, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and as always right here on Block Talk Radio. Your host, Oscar Lopez, in the house, and we are talking uh, Women's European Championships. We're going to be talking LFL playoffs, as well as we are going to be talking Women's uh, Open Tournament today, the national tournament that happened in Mexico, and we are going to have the uh, coach of the 2017 IFAB Mexican bronze winning team, Giovanni Carrillo Larios, also the winning coach of Selection Central of Levi, who won the tournament in Monterey uh, this past weekend. And then we're going to talk to the always talented and very, very uh, awesome star right of the Philly Phantoms in the No Joke Football Huddle, the first No Joke Football Huddle. Coach Giovanni will be here in about an hour to talk like I said, the uh, Women's Open Tournament in Mexico, the state of the game in Mexico as we go into 2021 in terms of what's going to happen for the IFAB World Championships in Finland. Uh, talking about Finland, congratulations to the Team Finland for winning the uh, 2007, uh, 2019 IFAB uh, Euro Women's Championship. What a game. If you missed it, go to the hub at facebook.com. Uh, Shout out to Onside Productions as well, to BAFA Official, BAFA Women, as well as Double Coverage. All weekend long, it was awesome. Between the 12th and the 17th, what matches, um, including Austria, who played pretty well, decent, first time out, and a very, very talented team. The uh, Finland team wins the gold on a uh, points differential. Uh, Great Britain needed to win by six points. They were up 12-0 to zero for about three quarters. And then Team Finland comes back and uh, basically loses the match 18 to 14. But based on points inferential, Great Britain needed to beat Finland by six points or more to win gold. So they take bronze. Um, shout out to our no joke football athlete, the always amazing TV sketcher who did an amazing job. What a bullet, what a missile, uh, just an awesome tournament all the way around. And she played an amazing game uh, in, uh, in the final uh, match up there as well, but Britain takes bronze. Uh, team Sweden out there with Linda Johansson, pretty awesome. They win silver. Uh, Julie Olson out there, uh, Min Ming Zhao are another No Joke Football supporters. Um, so they also win silver. And so Team Finland ready to rock and roll for 2021 in their homeland to def- to play for the IFAB Women's World Championships. They win back-to-back European Championships. 2015 champions, and now 2019 champions. So really an impressive outing by them. What an impressive uh, two quarter, three quarters down, never never wavered, even against a great Britain team with a lot of talent, speed, um, and quarterback Green played an amazing game as well. So uh, Ruth Mata included there as well. But uh, it was just a great tournament all the way around. Like I said, uh, thanks to double coverage, on-site productions, and Baffo Oficial for doing the amazing work on there. And you go to the hub at facebook.com for size Grand Beauties, get the lowdown on what's happening. If you don't, don't know what's going on in the women's game, 
and you're not aware of what's going on, you go there weekly and you know what's going on. So at the hub at facebook.com, almost close to 7,200 followers, share it, like us, and let's get us to 10,000 so we know exactly where we're at. Right now we're at 20,000 uh, fans aware of women's American football. Uh, and that, that's 20 in on Twitter, on Facebook and Instagram. So check it out. You guys uh, share our post, uh, let everybody know, go to the hub at facebook.com. We are the best network on the planet. And I'm proud to say that we work with the best people passionate about supporting women's American football. And that's our network. And that is the best network on the planet. And we are very proud of that. And over almost a 10 year span. Now we have done a great job on social media. Uh, use our hashtag no joke football on Instagram, no joke football on Twitter. Uh, if you want to see, you want to get noticed or any press, any articles and like that, it makes us, it makes it a lot easier for us to kind of dive in and kind of scope out everything. So use the hashtag no joke football. Uh, speaking of no joke football, you can go to the shop at the hub. There's a shop now link. It's blue. Just tab it, you go in there, you go to Zazzle, save up to 20% off weekly. Uh, use the daily codes there. Get the best selling shirt that we have, which is the silver and black no joke football t-shirt, and you're ready to roll. Help support the cause and help support women's uh, sports in general, which is women's American football in general. So a lot of action happening this weekend. The Euro tournament happened in Mexico. The Women's Open tournament happened as well. And we want to give a shout out to FEBA Sports, Football Femme Mexico, as well as Maximo Avance and Tercet Cuarto for the coverage of the Mexican Open Tournament this past uh, weekend in Mexico, August 15th through the 18th. A lot of talented teams. The four talent, the four uh, finalists were probably the strongest teams in Mexico. La Five Force, La Five Central, and um, that was pretty pretty strong, those two teams there. And so the, the top four were really the strong teams in the tournament. So every, everybody else in the region – very competitive and they came to they came to play ball and it was just an exciting moment there there were some intangibles with heat there were some intangibles obviously with facility issues uh we're going to talk to uh coach giovanni correo larios in about an hour to see how those things turned out but every all in all the result was fine uh the tournament was completed and the mexican federation is now looking forward to obviously 2021 in finland to compete obviously for a gold medal in uh, europe for the I-5 Women's Euro Championship. So should have Louise Bean here in a couple minutes. She's running a little late. So we'll have the Hall of Famer in here to talk about the excitement there. We're going to talk NFL preseason uh, through week three here, the power rankings. And then we're going to dive into this Antonio Brown thing. Just keeps lingering. Uh, Raiders general manager uh, Mayock uh, basically said, hey, show up or don't show up. We're moving on, We're moving on with you. And I think all of it, all the way through, Antonio Brown's little, if you want to call it drama situation, keeps a linger on the sports scene. But overall, I can tell you that that's getting old for the Raiders. The Raiders are not, um, the Raiders are not basically, you know, happy with the situation. And so it's just a matter of figuring out what they're going to do here with Antonio Brown. And uh, so it's just a, a matter of what's going to happen. But uh, overall, I think the Raiders will be fine. They got they drafted without Antonio Brown. So they were in the situation where they really needed to, uh, you know, upgrade, and they did. So it's a great sign for the Raiders in terms of a long-term effect if Antonio Brown doesn't work out. Um, but it, 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 it is what it is, and this is what it's going to be. So we'll figure it out 
uh, once uh, they figure it out as well. But really exciting times in the Euro Championships. So if you missed it, you go to the hub at facebook.com. And so it's going to be a great, uh, great recap by uh, Onsite Productions. It's on YouTube as well. So there's a link there. Uh, just an amazing tournament that happened, and you, you want to replay it, especially the last game. The last game of the tournament was really impactful, 18-14. Uh, to 14, And uh, Finland looked like, you know, they were going to be down and out really good, and Great Britain looked like they were going to be the victors, which they were, but I'm talking about for the gold, and it just didn't work out for them. So we'll, we'll see how it turns out, but I'm pretty excited for 2021 at this point and see how things are going to turn out. Uh, if you want to go to uh, the um, Twitter page, which is at, at Gridiron Beauty, get the lowdown there as well from all the uh, Baff Official at Baff Official at double uh, at double coverage at DBL underscore coverage, and you can go at one uh, my one side productions as well, and you get the link there, or you can just use the hashtag WEC Leads 2019, and you can get the rundown exactly what happened from the Euro Championships. So it's really exciting times there as well. All right. Um, we're going to recap as well uh, Legends Football League playoffs, which kick off this weekend. We have Gridiron Queensland kicks off this weekend. We have Gridiron New South Wales will kick off this weekend. We had an exciting uh, end of the season happening in Germany. Uh, DBL won on August 25th, the Cobras against the Hamburg uh, Amazons. Looking forward to the result there. We'll see how that uh, turns out. We have DBL two quarterfinals. They're going to start on August 25th. Uh, Maine's Eagles uh, against uh, the Allergy Cobras are Comets Summit. And then on August 31st, Comets taking on SGCT. And then uh, Grizzlies taking on the Lions. So Ladies Bowl for the German League will be um, the 28th. I'm sorry, the, uh, Ladies Bowl 28th will be September 21st. That will be in Berlin, um, being hosted by the Berlin Cobras and also um, the Berlin Knights. So that's going to be great, great excitement there in Germany as we get down to the finals in DBL2 and DBL1, and uh, that's the AFBD. Thanks to our uh, network partner, Ladies Football Germany, for keeping us up to date on everything that's happening in the uh, Euro section of Germany. Uh, so we got a couple weeks left here, and then we're going to get the finals in September is when the season ends. But late August here, uh, next, next weekend, the 25th, and then we're going to get to that other stage as well. So we'll check it out and see what happens there uh, at that at this point. So let's bring in our Hall of Famer here so we can talk about NFL preseason. And that should be Louise Bean in the house. Let's see if she's here. Louise, are you on? Yeah, I am on. All right, Louise, I'm uh, just talking about the total excitement of the week. I mean, uh, two international uh, Women's American Football Tournaments, one in Mexico in the same week almost, and the Euro Championships, which what a game. The final, the gold, uh, the gold medal game was really exciting. Finland down by 12, 12 to 0, and then um, it turns out that, you know, Great Britain wins it by four, but they had to win it by six to win the gold. Uh, I know. I, I, you know, those tournaments, they're so tricky sometimes with the point differential because you figure, oh, man, we won the game, but then we, you know, didn't get the gold, but I saw the first two games, um, off and on parts of the first two games, I thought they were great, the second game with Finland and Sweden was, like, <laughs> ultra exciting, I mean, the last play wins the game, basically, so, that was really good, and, and I was following it uh, more so because our, uh, there's a Falcon on 
Sweden's team. And so, uh, yeah, I thought I thought that was a great tournament. Yeah, Luis, I was impressed with the composure of the Finnish team because they never wavered. You would think down by 12, right? You would, and 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 really the 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 big the big deal there is when you go by point differentials at this point, uh, it really boils down to for them. It wasn't like I, we can we have to win the game. We have to just score enough points not to lose the game. So that's yeah. even more pressure. You know, it's one thing to want to win the game. Now you got to come up with points just not to lose the game. I know. Yeah, definitely. And also the fact that three games in a week, um, that's, you know, that's pretty impressive. For, of course, the travel and things like that. So, And I had talked to my friend off and on during the tournament and before the tournament, and uh, she was just really excited about the whole thing. So great setup. Yeah, I mean, Team Finland right now, uh, Luis, goes into 2021 being literally the top dog in all of the IFAP women's uh, scene. That's pretty huge. And then they're going to host it as well. So that's a, that's even bigger. Yeah, they're good. I mean, and I mean, anything could happen between those three teams in the future, as far as Finland and Great Britain and Sweden, because they all were neck and neck games and each have different unique styles. Um, Britain likes to run the ball a lot. Great Britain likes to run the ball more, and and uh, Sweden and Finland throw a little bit more. So, you know, it'll be good stuff. Yeah, the Finnish women's team uh, raises their second Euro Championship in Leeds, UK. Uh, it is basically their second title because the first title they achieved four years ago in Granada, Spain, that was the first edition of the Women's Euro Championship by the IFAB off a blunt banner. So this is back-to-back championships, Luis. Very impressive for them in terms of a program. Um, and uh, Sweden finishes second, uh, which was basically the same. So among four teams playing all, all week, uh, the group stage there, Finland, Great Britain, and Sweden finished uh, basically two and one. So the, the balance draw really was uh, the point differential for most of the teams. So yeah. um, and that's, where it, that, that's what it boiled down to. I think it brings an element – of different pressure. Uh, I was, you know, everybody on the group board was like, well, why would you do it this way? It's the winner should, you know, be by score or whatever. But the reason they did it that way is because all three teams were tied. And so they right. go on a neck and neck, they go on a neck and neck uh, points total and they figure, okay, out of the two matchups or one matchup, uh, the team has to win by this to be crowned, you know, the tournament champ. So it's still added pressure because they were down by 12. If you saw the game, and they, mm-hmm. it didn't. It looked at one point like Finland really was kind of, I wouldn't say in a panic mode, but offensively they couldn't get anything going, and they were getting a little frustrated. Uh, but then, you know, Great Britain did suffer uh, some penalties late that really caused, I think, um, maybe a shift. Oh, definitely. And and I understand that you have to do that if you're going to play a tournament style, not a tournament style, but a round robin style tournament then that's how you have to do it um but you know they each yeah finland no joke we also have a girl one of my teammates on the falcons she played in finland for a couple years about four or five years ago she they and they would pay her to go play over there and she said there were still three or four girls former teammates of hers that were playing in that game so they have some longevity over there and and 
you know, they have sounds like they have a pretty good system going on. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the leagues there are really a top notch uh, in terms of the European team. So they would be considered, mm-hmm. you know, what we have here in North America for the for the most part. So they're really top notch. Uh, very impressed. Uh, I mean, Phoebe Sketzer, our Noja football athlete, just just a killer. What a missile. What I mean, she just played a light out. And so, I mean, just I felt bad that she had to win bronze, but I really were really rooting to see if they were going to take gold. And it just didn't pan out. When they were up 12-0, I'm like, this is it. They win. You know, they're going to take the gold. This is going to be a huge thing on homeland mm-hmm. at, uh, on top of it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it really looked promising for that, you know, up to that uh, third quarter. And then ever, and then Finland has been known to be a fourth-quarter team anyways in, in all their tournaments. And even in their, you know, when they play non-tournament, they're always just a fourth-quarter squad. And they have the offensive power. Well, they have. They must have the experience, just the the steadiness of maturity, of experienced players. Not to say that Great, Great Britain doesn't, because they've been good for a while as well. But you don't do that if you're a young team. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. So there it is. Congratulations to Team Finland, who now is back-to-back European champions, um, and they're going to be basically hosting the 2021 ifab women's world championship so looking forward to 2021 of course uh and see how they're going to do in that tournament and i mean the pressure is there right canada hosted in vancouver and their their expectation was obviously to win gold on homeland and here's finland with a track record of winning gold so that's going to be a lot i added pressure for them too Mm-hmm. and finland's not a huge country so no as far as uh, population so they're doing really yeah. well with the athletes they have all right, so we're talking superstars in women's football, and who else can we talk about in terms of women's football? But let's go into the huddle right now, sponsored by Zazzle.com. Go to Zazzle, get your stuff there, T-shirts, hoodies, leggings, 20% off. Go to the Shop Now tab on our Facebook page at The Hub. Get your stuff. If you don't get anything, get the No Joke Football Slogan shirt. It's pretty awesome, so check it out there. We're going to go into the huddle. We're going to be talking to a up-and-coming entrepreneur pretty much. She's a set things in motion here from the WFA. Now we enter WNFC 2020, one of the teams announced here, and we're going to talk to the talented uh, Star Wright, also uh, on a world stage player as well, world athlete. Uh, Star, how's it going? Oh, great. How are you guys doing? How you doing? Um, I wanted to bring you on. I, I brought in your coach, I think, two weeks ago, Mr. Uh, coach yeah. Harrigan. And so he was yes. pumped and excited to try to uh, kind of beat down this East Coast WNFC swing that, you're, that everybody's going to add. So uh, I guess you guys are bringing fire. Yeah, we are. We're, we're super excited for the transition, uh, super excited for the, the new league that we respect so much. So we're going into 2020 with a new attitude. Some, some former players are coming back for us, and, and we're just ready to go. All right, so you're uh, these players. They're getting what, and you're paying them in cookies, or what are we doing? <laughs> I'm sorry, say that one more time. I see these former players. What are we paying them with? Cookies, brownies? Where they're coming back to you? How are they coming back to you? They're coming back because home is where the heart is. That's why they're coming back. <laughs> awesome, uh, uh, Star. We talked to everybody on the East Coast. Uh, the Prodigy, the Queens. You know, we talked to Ebony Kimbrough. We talked to um, Jordan Marie. 
Um, this is uh, kind of an, uh, I wouldn't say another level in a sense, but this is kind of an excitement because uh, this league is totally different than any other league it's been before. And I guess if you bet against Jenkins, you're, you're bound to lose at some point. So I guess you got to just bet with her. You know what I mean? She's, she's an awesome person. She's an awesome business-minded woman. I respect her 2,000%, and I'm I'm just happy to be a part of what she's doing. I'm su- super excited. Star, um, kind of a game-changer to have WNFC TV. For us as media, that was, like, eye-opening and shocking in a way, but also very, uh, you know, accepted. And so yeah. this league brings this – you know, before we had YouTube, right? Go watch my game on YouTube. Go watch my game here. Right. And so you're drawing people to YouTube. Here it's like in your face mobile aspect of it. And here it is, pick and choose what you want to watch. Now, that was pretty exciting. It was, and I think it's I think it's it does great things for the sport. It's more exposure. Um, it just takes it to another level. Um, like I said, I totally respect everything that the WNFC um, is doing, and we're looking forward to being able to be seen on a on a bigger stage. Uh, Star, the market is uh, yours to own in Pennsylvania, pretty much in this league. So a lot of pressure, right, for promotion, for marketing, to get the word out, to stand out. No pressure. Uh, also, no pressure. Look at you. No pressure. No, is no it the same? Have you been the Phantom? Yeah, we 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 pride ourselves on uh, marketing and and advertising, and the city of Philadelphia knows who we are. Uh, creating a fan base is something that we have been uh, working on for the past. Well, we're going into our fifth season. Uh, we have really good turnouts at our games. Um, we are we we're in parades and and we do a lot of community work, and so just getting ourselves out there. That's I mean, we've been on all the news stations and radio stations locally in our area. Um, so I feel like, for the most part, um, locally, we, we've done what we set out to do. Um, now it's just trying to get us more attention uh, nationally and, you know, in the tri-state area more um, on the East Coast. And, and just getting people to know that, uh, you know, to understand and recognize that Philadelphia we're we're ready. We're we're ready to be that big team. We're ready to be uh more uh in your face team. We have outstanding athletes. Um I mean I, our athletic ability on the team is just amazing and then with our coaches we're we're still building, we're still a relatively new team. Um just trying to get that new team stigma off of our back. Uh we plan on doing that this year. Star, are you are you doing the same thing that Kimbrough is? Are you are you stepping back into more of the ownership role and taking control more of the business side of things here? You're not. I am not. I am stepping more into the player role. <laughs> Every year, uh, one of my objectives is to become more of a player and just to build a team around uh, the business part of it, so that I can do less work. And I've done that this year, coming up into the 2020 season. Um, I am not done playing. I I feel like uh, the best is yet to come when it comes to me playing. So hopefully this year um, I can take ten steps backwards <laughs> and just focus on being a player, which I try to do every year. But you know I get reeled in some way somehow. But this year um, 
with the, the business structure that we've developed for the team, I can see myself just being able to focus on more of being a, a dominant player um, and just trying to stay healthy. I think one of my biggest uh, problems is every year I'm hurt. Last season I broke my hand twice. I played the whole season with a broken hand. Uh, just trying to stay healthy is, is what I'm trying to do. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to take a more of a backseat to the business part and just focus more on being a player. Who do you have running the, the day-to-day ops for you? So for you to focus on just the, the player side. Yeah, so we have um, a director of football operations. We have um, director of administration. So there's a team of us, director. Uh, there's about six directors on our uh, business staff. Um, so they collectively run it together. I mean, of course, I run it. I always put my two cents in and get a lot of suggestions and a lot of ideas. I mean, I'm the, I'm the one that, that does the groundwork, but there's 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 such a total like there's such a big help to me. I don't have to do as much because literally there was a point when I was doing everything, and now I don't, yeah. I don't have to do everything. <laughs> so that's that's good for me. All right. Um, the roster will it be an issue at this point in Tri City to try to maintain like a forty man roster or, or above at this point? Yeah, so, I mean, that's something that we struggle with over the years. Um, numbers, uh, this year we'll definitely have a 40-man roster. We have some international players coming in. Um, like I said, a lot of former players are coming back. Um, no one on our team from last season left. I think maybe one person. Um, so so we should have a, a nice, healthy roster going into the 2020 season. Star, what are you excited about most? Uh, is it just being part of that brand or the fact that this brand is looking to elevate to another level, the sport itself? I'm excited about women's football in general. Um, just seeing the direction that the WNFC is going is, and it's something that I've been hoping and wishing for since I started playing football 10 years ago. And it's finally happening, and I'm just, I'm just excited to be a part of that you know, going into their second year and all the major things that they've done in one year, it's like unparalleled. And I'm I'm just super excited to be a part of that. Now the layout and the format for ownership, is that is it totally different than any other thing you've done in the past? Um they require more, which is a good thing. Um there's the thing about it is the, the the directors of the WNFC, I, a few of them I have personal relationships with. I trust them. Not saying that I didn't trust anybody on the WFA, but um, it's, it's a little bit more uh, relieving for me. Um, I feel like they have my back. I feel like they, they're working with me as a brand, with our, with our brand. Um, so they're helping me. You know, they're helping our brand. Uh, individually as well as um, as a league. So I just feel like they, they, they just put a little bit more effort into each team individually. All right. So, Star, uh, have you uh, envisioned yourself in the Adidas Uni? Oh, I have on a whole Adidas outfit right now. <laughs> oh, wow. I definitely envision myself. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm a fan of Adidas. I'm a fan of their initiatives, their movement. Um, so I, I – I love the way Adidas uh, uniforms fit, feel. Um, so 
So I'm, I'm super excited. We usually have a different uniform every year, the Phantoms. We have we usually play with maybe three uniforms a year. So we have a lot of different uniforms, a lot of different looks. Um, that's one thing that we pride ourselves on other than playing well. Um, so I'm excited for the, for the for the fit for the for the feel. Can't wait to get out there and play with it. All right, let me bring in the Hall of Famer here, quarterback of the Utah Falcons, uh, Luis Bean. I kind of pick your brain here. Okay. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. How are you? Good. Hey, so uh, what position is your predominant favorite position right now? I'm saying on um, the field. I, on, on, for myself. Yeah, for you. Uh, I, I'm linebacker. It's just natural to me. I've been a linebacker since day one of my football career. However, uh, tight end, I'm, I'm learning to love tight end. Um, so it's it's in the strong. It's coming in a strong second. But that's the only two positions I play: linebacker and tight end. I start both sides oh. of the ball. So. Oh, okay. Very good. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Just I know that you're talking about, um, you know, ownership is just hard. And what, the early owner for the Falcons, Utah Falcons, it was hard because she was a player, and finally she had to stop being a player because it was too hard on game day. You know, just all those kind of things. So definitely, that's, it, that's it is. It's very, yeah, it's very stressful on game day. I remember my first two years, I, I may have shed some tears on game day because I was so overwhelmed. But just uh, learning. And learning from your mistakes and, and just um, getting a little bit more comfortable with the, the game day operations um, and having somebody else run it while you see a player. It's, it's, that's the easiest part about it. So that's what we're doing this year. Somebody else is going to be running all the game day operations. Because prior to maybe last year, I, I barely could warm up with the team because I was trying to make sure everything was situated yep. on game day, which um, ultimately in the beginning of the game may have – hurt my playing, but um, I've learned to organize everything so that I can just focus on being a player. That's what I plan on doing this year. Yeah, that sounds like a, I could. that's exactly what our owner dealt with as well. Um, yeah, for sure. That's very cool. You're trying to play more, and you got your people lined up. So, you know, you were talking a lot about being excited about the league and the league change, and so um, my first question is, what, because you've been in the WFA for a long time, you been Division Two, right? For as right. long as I know, correct? Okay. Right. So, but you guys have always played really well against D1 teams back there, and haven't been afraid to play them. Um, right. So, who do you foresee? I mean, I know that I'm sure the WFC is going to announce some more teams, but as far as who is your main bracket of teams? I know you have DC. How far is Carolina? I live in the West, so everything's more wide oh, okay. open. So, okay. Yeah, give me an idea of who you about, think you'll be playing. Yeah. So DC is like two hours away from Philly. Mm-hmm. Carolina maybe is um, seven or eight hours, depending on what part. Um, okay. But we're looking forward to travel. We're looking forward to going to Atlanta if we have to. Um, okay. And whoever else comes on the East Coast, we we don't mind traveling. That's actually something that we've been wanting to, wanting to do um, this year okay. in the WFA when we. Uh, saw Columbus was on our schedule. We were excited about the travel to Columbus. We always go to Boston, so that's nothing new. Um, so, yeah. yeah, traveling, we're excited for the travel. So, I, I, I'm sure it was probably a, you know, combination effort. You were interested in the league. They were probably interested in you. Um, so, you know, it was a mutual, I'm sure. Um, but what 
you you had to have someone to play. You knew that you couldn't just be like the lone East team, even though you right. talk about like travel. So do you foresee, and, and maybe you can't say, uh, do you foresee having more teams this year uh, close to your proximity? Well, I mean, that's wishful thinking. I, I hope so. Okay. I, I don't make those types of decisions. If if we do, great. If we don't, we'll be patient and wait for other East Coast teams to join, hopefully. Um, so okay. either way, we're in we're in the WNFC, and whoever our schedule says we're playing, we're playing. So what made it – what was the number one reason that you would be willing to join the league or want to join the league? I know you talked about the growth and just – just the, some of the things that the league offers, but what was the number one reason um, to take that big jump after all these years? Or maybe give me your top three reasons. Let's go with that. After all well, these I years, you no, my, you may my have my to My number show. one reason. Yeah, I can give you my number one reason is trust. Okay. Um, I, I, despite what some people may think, um, I, not for myself, but uh, I trust Odessa. Um, and that was pretty much when, when we had conversations um about the league and about possibly me coming over. Any question that I asked was always answered um, in a timely fashion, super transparent. It didn't seem like they were keeping – she was keeping anything from me. Um, so it was just trust. We, we built up – I mean, we already have an, a relationship outside of the WNSB, but um, once we started having conversations about this new league, uh, I, I trust her. So – I mean, that's okay. pretty much the number one factor. The overall factor is that I, I trust her vision and, and and her business skills. Okay. So then in the WFA, there's the three different um, levels, and so you have three different levels of uh, competition and abilities to win a championship. So how did that play into the fact that the WNFC doesn't have levels right now? So for some teams – it appears that they would have no chance to win a championship. So how do you guys um, deal with that? How did you guys handle that? You know, what's your – I mean, you're in a tough – you're going to be playing tough teams. Obviously, if Dallas is in the East, you'd have to go through them. So what? how did that happen, and how did you uh, handle that yeah. option? Mm-hmm. So I've never really been a fan of the whole division thing because – Okay. Uh, the Phantoms have always played Division Three teams and Division One teams. Our, I mean, last mm-hmm. year we had like the toughest schedule. Most of our games were Division One games, so we it it really it really didn't make a difference for me whether there's okay. divisions or not because we always end up playing uh, the better teams anyway just because of where we're located. Um, sure. So that that that's never that that never was an issue for me going into a league where there's just um, one one league, one division. I think that's ideal for women's, women's football. Uh, the NFL doesn't have three divisions, so why should we? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if if there's a standard for team entry, then I trust that Odessa makes good decisions on who she brings into the league based on what that team is doing business-wise. Um, and whether it's numbers, whether it's marketing, advertising, whatever it is, um, you know, I feel like she has she puts a little pressure on our back to step our game up, which is something that we need. So I'm I'm all for it. Well, and I like that because I feel like there's this segment of people in the sport that 
want to play and they want to play great competition and they want to have they want to be challenged. And then I feel like there's the segment of people in the sport that are just I guess people say the rec league mentality. I call it the drinking clubs or something like that where mm-hmm. it's just not it's just not and they want to make sure they're in you know, a certain division so they can make sure they win that division instead of saying, "Hey, what are we doing? Why am I, why am I paying this much money?" And why am right. I playing this sport? And why would I forfeit because I just don't want to go up, I don't want to go play that game and lose. It's like there's sometimes there's, right. I feel like there's people that are like, I don't want to play if I'm going to lose. Why do I want to play? Right. And I'm thinking, what? Don't you love the sport right. enough because you right. want to compete. You want to compete right. just to compete. So I do think that that seems to be a uh, baseline for the league in the, in the sense that people want to be in the league because they want to compete. At least it seems that way. And they're not allowing – organizations to be a part of it um, if they're not. And like Bryant said last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago, last week, um, that, hey, since since there's not a fee, then we get to decide who we're willing to to give money to and let them come in. So I think that's really cool, and uh, yeah. good luck to you guys. It'll be interesting to Thank see you. Um, what happens, because I know Bryant said uh, with, to Oscar that, hey, there's going to be more announcements. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for all the new stuff. I'm excited yep. for all the new stuff. Yep. Did you feel like it was just a, another step to get better, or did you just feel like you were tired? Was it based more upon you didn't like what the WFA was, WFA was doing, or was it, or was it just based upon hey, this is the next step or this is the next level, and we want to grow? Like how how did yes. how did you feel mm-hmm. other than the trust issue? But so I think no, it, and I and it's I think that it's. WFA was a great opportunity for us, um, being as though we were able to play some great teams in Boston and D.C., um, right. New York, and things like that that we consistently played. Um, so I, I'm no no bad talk about the WFA. I just think the WNFC is the next step. I think it does challenge us more um, as a team, as a business. It's, it's definitely as a business it challenges us more, and I'm just up for the challenge. I'm I'm I don't want to feel stagnant. I want to feel like we are, uh, you know, moving into greatness, moving into um, something different and, and something where it's going to put women's football on a, on a different stage. And I think I just feel like the WNSD has the formula. And even, you know, going into the second year, I just I just foresee all good things. And even if a, a bad thing or two comes up, I think the leadership in the WNFC would know how to handle it. Okay. Well, it does. It definitely gives off the feeling that hey, the train's moving and you want to get on it. And and Oscar and the the crew have talked a lot about just having the two leagues. And there's a lot of fanfare that's come with the WNFC this year. But having the two leagues, you, they have to compete. You got to beat the best at the top of their game. It's the WNFC the WFA wasn't really having to compete at the top level of its game against the IWFL because they just were better organization-wise, generally speaking, and the teams, there was more teams and the talent, you know, just that kind of stuff. So now I feel like they both had to really just raise their game, and yet there's been a lot of talk, well, once again, you have to have one league, one league. Well, I'm not a big – I don't really believe that just because there's there's options. It just gives options and – and stuff like that, but the, let the best man win, kind of thing. And so, yeah, you gotta you gotta be great, and you gotta attract who you want. So, competition's good. I don't have a problem with yeah. that. So, 
Okay. Anyways, well, good yeah. deal. Good luck. Turn it back yeah, over to thank Oscar. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Star, so uh, we're kind of excited to have the Phantoms and the WNFC as a, you know, sort of like a, because you guys have always been, you know, into the dogfight with Divas and, like you said, the Sharks and, and the uh, the champion Renegade. So it, this is a, this is not going to be anything different, as your coach said. You know, if you have to take down Texas Elite Spartan, that is a challenge, and that is the goal, to take down Texas Elite Spartan. We've always been up for a challenge. Like I said, we've never – um, really complained about, you know, teams that we play and things like that. So it's the challenge is not that's that's the easy part. We we want the challenge. It can, it makes us better. You know, it's good for the sport. It makes us better. Um, I would rather play a Texas team than a D three team. This is what it is. Sure. All right, Star. Um... You do know uh, 2020, more more things to come from what I heard from uh, Mr. Sewell. So, at this point, your main rival would probably be what, Prodigy? Or are we looking at Carolina Queens as the main most rival likely, here? Yeah. No, most likely it'll be the Prodigy, which who I love them dearly. I love and respect mm-hmm. their, their leadership and their team. We always uh, scrimmage. Uh, just about every year we've been in existence, we scrimmage them prior to our season, and it's always been a really good scrimmage for us. It helps us go into the season strong, helps our rookies get some play. Um, so I, I love their organization. I love what they feel over the years and what, they, what they're what they doing. So I would love to have a friendly uh, rivalry with the Prodigy. That's, that's no problem. All right, Star, uh, year one was pretty exciting on the West Coast for the WNFC, not to take away anything on the East Coast, on the Atlantic, but the West Coast was very impressive. Majestics, Bobcats, Rebellion, Surge. Um, I'm looking forward to year two because I was told year two, uh, everybody's going to have to play their, each other at least once. So that's pretty exciting to try to elevate the game where every team has to play each other once. And that that's great competition. At the same time, it's parity and allows everybody to kind of figure out what level everybody's at. So that's what I'm excited for for 2020. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think that's a good idea. I mean, I think playing one team three times is a bit much. Uh, we've had to do it in the WSA. Um, so for them to come up with a different formula where everyone has to play each other once, I think it just does nothing bad for the sport. It just elevates it. I think it's great competition um, and great exposure. All right. Uh, you guys are known to have a pretty good D, uh, and you guys have known to be a little bit of radicals in the past with certain players and stuff like that. Um, so it's been, you know, obviously you go, you come in with the fight mode, and especially when you're playing D1. Um, who's going to be leading these radicals in Philly? Do we have a quarterback yet, or are we still fighting for that position? No, we're, we're, we're good when it comes to uh, positions. Uh, like I said, we have some very important people coming back to play, play with us. Um, so we'll have an all-star roster. Um, Radicals, I don't know if that, <laughs> that I would use that word. Um, we're from Philly. We're an aggressive city. Um, and I just feel like uh, you can't be soft playing football anyway. So, you know, if, if we're going to get – if people's opinions of us going to be that we're overly aggressive, then I'll take that for football. I mean, that's, that's fine with me. I'll, I'll take that. All right. Uh, sorry, I'm going to put you on the, on the spot here. Uh, the – Prodigy 
is going with hashtag respect 2020. Do you have a hashtag for 2020? We don't have a hashtag. We, we, we don't have a 2020 hashtag as of yet. Not sure if we'll ever have one. Um, we're, we're just, we just want to play. So we're just up for any challenge that the WNFC uh, presents to us and says that we'll, we'll leave everything out on the field. We are not going to be the same phantom from last season. Um, this upcoming season is going to be totally different. All right, so I got one for you. Philly big. Just go with that. Philly big? <laughs> Philly big. Philly big. Okay. okay. I'll put that off the yeah, team. Philly big. <laughs> yeah, Philly big. That means you're going to you're gonna surprise. You're going to surprise. Oh, yeah, we, um, have some, we, have some, we have some surprises. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Philly big. So you just end up coming coming back. Um, star, star uh, who's going to lead this team for quarterback? Who who do we watch out for? We had a lot of a lot of cool quarterbacks in, in year one. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Nenji Martin outside there. Obviously, you have Luis Bean here, who was leading the Falcons with uh, Lane. You have obviously uh, in Texas. You know, you you had the veteran uh, quarterbacks as well. I mean, every every team in the WNFC had some sort of uh, leadership quarterback so who's leading the phantoms in 2020 in this wnfc our quarterback is not changing um as of yet she has been working extremely hard off season and we believe in her and her name is Danae williams we also have an amazing backup quarterback um so we actually have two amazing backup quarterbacks god forbid something is to happen to today we have two quarterbacks that are ready and that are ready and willing to step up and, and fill her shoes. Um, I trust her. Uh, she throws me the ball all the time. She throws very good balls. Um, she's learning. Um, she's, she's, she's not a, a small quarterback. She's big body and, and she's learning and she's, and we trust her and we're, and we're ready to go into the 2020 season with her as quarterback. All right. So who's, uh, who's our, who's running our run game? <laughs> do you have more than one quarterback? Well, I, are, are we doing? Are we doing anything special there? I mean, are we doing like a two setback? Or I don't want you don't want to give anything oh, away, but it's sure. yeah. No, I'm not going to give anything away. But we we have always had a, an exciting offense, um, and we we do a lot of different things offensively. Uh, we will be running a, probably a two set quarterback. We will be. We have, see, the thing is, is we have some really good rookies that come in. Every year we get really, really talented rookies. So I have no idea what our tryouts is going to bring us. So I can't – I don't want to speak on it right now, but we have a really good system. So whatever our, whatever our tryouts bring us, hopefully it will be right. even better than last year because last year we, we just, like, it's got amazing talent. So you're, we're going to be talking in February. Is that where you're swaying me to February, right? Right, right before the season starts, we'll figure out exactly how the Phantoms are going to tackle the Atlantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll know. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll, I'll um, give you a plan. <laughs> perfect. Um, I mean, Coach Harrigan, uh, very, uh, very uh, awesome coach. Over time, he's played in different areas: Boston, New York, obviously with with you and stuff. Um, his uh, resume pretty much speaks for itself. So this is pretty exciting on the East Coast as well uh, in terms of the competition. He's ready for it. He's hungry for it, trying to make a mark. Uh, he talked about, you know, how you're an awesome uh, individual and an owner as well. 
And so uh, we can't say enough of it. I mean, Philly's always played gritty ball against even the top teams in the in the WFA, so we can't expect anything less from you guys coming in. And uh, I guess Atlanta and Washington and Carolina, I guess you got to watch out. Well, for sure. <laughs> uh, coach Harrigan is a great coach, great leader, very organized and detailed, and, and we are excited to have him back for a second year. Uh, coach LB, our defensive coordinator, excited to have him back. He's, the players love both of them. They came in to an already established team and, and fit right in. So we're excited. And he never backs down. He makes us even more hungrier. And uh, we we act for competition. We want competition. We, we don't want anything to come easy. So, And we're ready for, like I said, 20th times. We're ready for any challenge. All right, Star, what is the color scheme? Are we still going with the, the black and the neon green? And are we doing color scheme like white? What's the, what's the color scheme for the Adidas? Same, thing, same color scheme. Same color scheme. Um, black and green and, you know, white. So same thing, nothing's changing. So we have we have one of our uh, former players, who I won't mention yet, uh, coming back, and she'll handle all of that stuff for us. All right. Um, the logo changing, or are we keeping the same logo that we had in the WFA so far for 2020? Same thing. Same logo. Yep. Same same thing. Same so operations-wise, <laughs> yeah, the operations-wise, no changes there in terms of branding or anything like that, right? Not in, not in terms of uh, overall branding. We we have we have done a lot of things um, on the business aspect that's that's different with marketing, our marketing scheme and advertising, and our community. We do a lot of community work, so just making sure that our girls um, does community work every month. Um, we fundraise. We're in the community. We're doing a book bag drive on uh, August thirty first. Uh, we're having a Phantom Weekend in the end of October, which is something that I'm really excited about that you'll see on social media really soon. Um, we're going to be involved in some walk and giving day parade that we're involved in every year. So we're out in our community um, monthly. Awesome. Good to hear. Um, I'm excited for you guys to come on board when you guys uh, when it was announced that you guys were coming and then it was announced that Washington was coming. Um, I mean, and the, you know, resurfacing of the Carolina Queens. Um, just the fact that you have some uh, talented uh, individual ownerships with former player aspect and mindset, I think makes this league a little unique uh, because it's it's kind of like a uh, sorority type mentality where a lot of the players, like you said, know each other. You know, you guys know each other from yeah. either IFAB World Championships, tournaments. Uh, you guys have played yeah. each other either in competition so that, I think, in itself is kind of unique in a way on the fact that you, yourself, and all these other individual former players or current players are now sort of, you know, in the background as well, leading their own teams in terms of a business mode. So that's that's a kind of a, a change, but at the same time, it's very exciting to see that as entrepreneurs because at some point you're going to step out of that player realm, and here's your, you know, business that's hopefully it's going to, you know, revenue-wise – support you in a different facet and also help the sport in the long term. Yeah, I agree. I think it's I think it's very important um to transition some way, somehow into the business aspect of women's football. Um even if it's coaching, I mean a lot of people, you know, that once they're done playing, they don't want to leave the sport. It's so 
it's so fulfilling, and most women are very passionate about football. So whether it's the coaching role or whether it's the ownership role or, or any other kind of role in football, developing another team, a grassroots team, maybe a flag football for girls or a camp like I do a camp. So, you know, any any when once you get out of playing, there's so many different avenues you can go into to keep football relevant in your life. Um, and I, I still happen to be doing both playing and the ownership side, but I, I love everything that I do, the good and the bad. All right, we're looking, we're getting excited. I for 2020 Philadelphia, like I said, always a durable squad over the years, and no different in 2020. And that's the reason I wanted to bring you on, kind of spotlight your team. Uh, I brought in your coach prior to that because I think he deserved it. He's very legendary. Uh, he's uh, had a good track record everywhere he's gone. And I think uh, the WNFC Atlantic is going to be surprised for what Coach Harrigan and the Phant- uh, Phantoms are going to bring in 2020. Yes, I agree. All right. Star, thank you for making the time. I know you're busy and all that. And I really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to maybe in February or March kind of chime in in terms of what the roster is going to look like, what your key players are going to be, who do we need to watch for on WNFC TV from the Philly Phantoms. Um, So we're all kind of hyped up for, you know, the next six months and to see, you know, where uh, April 2020 comes into play because we're excited. Year one was very exciting, and year two looks like it's going to be more exciting. I'm just as excited as you are, so I'll be watching just the way you'll be watching, and yes, and hopefully in February we'll have more good news and let you know some more details about what, what we got going on as a team. So I appreciate you reaching out to me, and I, I was most certainly was going to make a phone call. All right, Star, thank you. Safe travels out there. Uh, look forward to 2020, right. and uh, like I said, in a couple months uh, before the launch of the start of the season. So thank you. All right. You guys take care. Bye-bye. All right, Luis, uh, there you go. Um, Wow, international athlete, world champion on the USA squad, uh, owner of the Phantoms, is still going to be playing, and uh, brought in Coach Harrigan. So Philly has always been a kind of thorn on everybody's side in terms of competition against Boston, D.C., New York, you name it, Philadelphia, I mean, Pittsburgh Passion. She just mentioned that. So that that East Coast, they've always been, you know, in neck and neck, and no matter if it's D1, especially on D1 against D1, they've always played pretty tough. Yeah, the difference with them, which I think is really unique, is the Prodigy, they wanted to have better competition. They won three times in a row, so they, as Jordan said, they really wanted to move up and have better competition. That is not the Phantoms' issue. They got plenty of competition. So their reasons are just different, and that's different. They want a challenge, as she said. She didn't want to be stagnant. But the challenge was a different type of challenge. It wasn't because they weren't playing good competition. And yeah. that's been sometimes the problems with the Falcons and other teams around the nation because their geography limits them and who they can play and who you can, who can, who you can afford to go play. Um, yeah. So that's that's really cool. And I think they'll they'll definitely compete and do well. And as she said, they got players coming back because players want challenges too. And yep. sometimes you can make up your own stuff in your brain that challenges you every day to go to the gym, and sometimes challenges are presented that you think, oh, yeah, i got to have some of that. So that will be cool for them. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see what the Philly and uh, the Prodigy and the Queens are going to bring in 2020. So awesome. All right, um, 
So you got to bail on me. So we'll be back next week. We're going to be talking about a lot more stuff that's happening. Uh, international tournaments this week. And coming up here in the next huddle, it's going to be the winning coach of selection, Central Selection. Uh, and that is Coach uh, Giovanni Carrillo Larios. And we're going to bring him on right now in the No Joke Football Huddle. Coach, uh, coach Larios, ¿cómo está? Hola, buenas noches. ¿Cómo están? Gracias por, ¿Cómo por la invitación. Uh, coach Larios, este, uh, ¿qué evento en Monterrey y usted uh, con su... Uh, con la selección centro ganando el torneo uh, otra vez uh, campeón sí 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 se acaba de llevar un torneo y aquí le llaman este, uh, abierto nacional de fútbol americano femenil y este gracias a Dios fuimos campeones con la selección Lifai Centro es una este una liga nueva que salió aquí en la Ciudad de México y se llevó una selección y afortunadamente salimos victoriosos. Uh, Coach Giovanni, este, el, el torneo, eh, cuando se anunció, dijeron 23, 23 equipos, cuatro grupos, uh, la anticipación para llegar a Monterrey y todo eso que pasó. Aparte, uh, me habían dicho uh, de información de que había, uh, se, se, se supone que uh, cosas con el estadio, acceso a los estadios, y se supone que estaba caliente ahí también en Nuevo León, es caliente en Monterrey, pues. So, ¿Había algo afuera del campo que también afectaba a lo que iba a pasar en el Abierto Nacional? Este, sí, fueron 23 selecciones, aproximadamente 900 jugadoras que estuvieron presentes en este Nacional. Este, hubo accesos al, a diferentes campos de fútbol americano, en diferentes deportivos. La final se llevó a cabo en el estadio de la Universidad Autónoma de Nuevo León, de Gaspar Más, donde juega el equipo de representativo de la universidad. Y en un campo de entrenamiento donde este, se llevó a cabo las semifinales, se llama el Polideportivo, que tuvo que tuvimos acceso gracias a las autoridades de Nuevo León. El clima estuvo muy caluroso, que fue algo que creo que afectó un poco al rendimiento de, de los equipos, pero creo que fue un buen buen torneo en, en, en todos los aspectos. Coach Giovanni, este, la FAI, uh, uh, bien grande representante, Lexpa, FX México, pero la FAI uh, era la mayoría de la liga que trajo suficiente uh, equipos con la Force. Uh, so había competencia entre esta liga a traer diferentes grupos y uh, fueron uh, buenos todos los grupos hasta casi al final. So, ¿Qué dice de la Liga Lafay ahorita? La verdad es que la Liga Lafay es una liga que este, va, cre va creciendo. Ha hecho buen pro programa este, el presidente de la Liga, este, como así en, en su, eh, lo ha hecho Michel Rubio, como en, en, X en FXF, como el presidente de Lexfa también están haciendo buena, buena, buenas, buenas, buenas cosas en, la, en las diferentes ligas. Digo, aquí Lafay es una nueva oportunidad que se está enfocando en jugar fútbol 11 aquí en México, como te lo había comentado en entrevistas hasta anteriores, aquí solamente se jugaba fútbol arena, era 8 contra 8, entonces Lifai vino con esa bueno, renovación, esa actualización de jugar 11 contra 11, y la verdad es que muchas de las jugadoras que vieron en el Nacional, se este, si eran de, de la liga de Lifai, por jugar fútbol 11, varias siguen estando en las, este, fueron, fueron las que representaron a 
a México en el Mundial pasado en, en Langley, Canadá. Entonces creo que aquí en México estamos haciendo bien las cosas para pues esto con vistas al Mundial que viene en el 2021 de mujeres. Y, y ese este, viene siendo el punto de que están ustedes ya en un proyecto para you know, a, a acumular los, las mejores jugadoras para el, el 2021 en Finlandia uh, para el campeonato internacional. So, uh, coach, ¿tenía usted muchos muchos jugadores ustedes de las vaquingas, de, de los equipos locales en centro? Uh, mucho talento, uh, aparte de Andy Romero y los, los la, las jugadoras normal que usted tuvo en Langley también, había otras jugadores uh, en, el, en el Centro México. So, eso es bueno para, no nomás a la FAI, pero es bueno para la competencia en cuando se, se hace la selección para el equipo nacional, ¿no? Sí, la verdad es que estos torneos que organiza la Federación Mexicana de Fútbol Americano, que es la que rige aquí en, este, en México, que es la que es encargada de todas las elecciones que representan el fútbol americano en los diferentes mundiales, hace este tipo de torneos para poderle darle seguimiento a las jugadoras que ya tuvieron la participación en un mundial, ver cómo se están manteniendo, ver cómo están este, jugando y también por qué no ver nuevas este, nuevas jugadoras para pues, que tengan esa oportunidad de ser evaluadas y tener esa oportunidad de ir a representar al país no en un campeonato mundial. Sí, si bien ah, después del campeonato mundial nos fue bastante bien, pero nos quedamos con esa cosquillita de que pues creemos que podemos hacer muchísimo más, mejor, mejor las cosas, competir mucho mejor contra Estados Unidos, con este, poder competir a gran nivel contra Canadá y pues, pelear por la medalla de oro para el siguiente campeonato. Creo que es un proceso de cuatro años el cual se está llevando bastante bien. Eh, ya fue el año pasado un campeonato nacional que se lo llevó Lexfa, este año no lo, no lo ganamos nosotros, entonces la verdad es que nos arroja bastante unos números muy interesantes, el cual si el año pasado en el nacional pasado eran 500 jugadoras, en este torneo hubo 900 jugadoras, entonces son 400 jugadoras más que evaluar y creo que podemos hacer un, una selección bastante competitiva para poder es, aspirar a una medalla de oro, el cual el juego el mundial pasado contra Estados Unidos creo que fue una buena experiencia una oportunidad para ver lo que nos hacía falta y creo que vamos por buen camino se supone coach que eh, con la federación ya más atenta al deporte femenil probablemente eh, menos eh, cosas que se van a afectar a llegar a Finlandia con fondos y todo porque se archivan antes de, de ese tiempo ya sabiendo que el equipo es es para ir a a 2021. So, este, coach Giovanni, usted ya, este, ¿cuántos campeonatos tiene ya en el femenil? Tiene muchos, ¿no? Independiente con las ligas y uh, se supone eh, eh, con los uh, torneos nacional. Este, tengo nueve campeonatos femeniles, hablando de dos campeonatos nacionales. Y sí. siete torneos nacionales aquí en Fútbol Arena y Fútbol este 11. En un total de nueve campeonatos ya en diez años, coachando ya mujeres. ¿Qué, qué dice usted de, de ese trabajo de, de usted? Es mucho trabajo, labor, todo, pero la satisfacción es de que has, has puesto el proyecto en un nivel alto y es un nivel que probablemente 
es buena competencia internacionalmente también. So, eso es una, uh, habla mucho de usted y del grupo que usted, uh, de coches que usted pone juntos uh, para elevar la, el juego de todas estas uh, chicas para llegar a, a un nivel más grande. Pues la verdad es que es un trabajo en conjunto, el trabajo en conjunto de las jugadoras que cada vez les apasiona más este deporte, que cada vez buscan aprender más, que cada vez se preparan de mejor forma, ya, ya no son jugadoras nada más de pues, querer jugar, de intentarlo, ¿no? sino ya son jugadoras que se convierten o estamos tratando de convertir en atletas y que, le, que, que amen este deporte ¿no? y que se entrene como debe de ser. Este, afortunadamente, digo, llevo 10 años coachando, 11 casi a fútbol americano femenil y no se le daba esa ese interés tanto de coaches como de jugadoras. Obviamente también de hablando de los, de los de pantalón largo, ¿no? Le hablamos o a sea, los administradores. Entonces, después del mundial, que gracias a Dios se tomó, se fueron buenos resultados, no se logró la medalla de oro, pero creo que se, este, se puso en, en vista de varias gente de Estados Unidos, de Canadá, de equipos europeos, a las jugadoras mexicanas que hicieron una excelente labor en el campeonato mundial. Creo que eso nos dio un boom aquí en México que fue muy grato ver cómo coaches ya de grandes grandes experiencias, coachando Liga Mayor, coachando este, coaches que coacharon en campeonatos mundiales varoniles, este, ya están volteando a ver a las jugadoras mexicanas y queriéndose unir al proyecto. no Eso creo que es algo muy bueno para el fútbol americano femenil y creo que yo me siento contento, me siento alegre por esos resultados que estamos dando y que se una más gente con experiencia, que se una más gente para apoyar este fútbol americano femenil y que siga creciendo. La verdad es que sí me lleno de satisfacción lograr la victoria, pero el ver que jugadoras, ver que una Lisbeth se fue a competir este año a, a Estados Unidos a gran nivel ahí en el equipo de Atlanta Phoenix, me parece ser, estuvo compitiendo uh -huh. este año allá y Andrea Romero, que también puede llegar a, a esos grandes niveles en, y que aquí sigan demostrando que son capaces de jugar este bello deporte, creo que esa satisfacción me, es más que suficiente para mí y, se, y me dan ganas de seguir trabajando, seguir mejorando, seguirme actualizando para poder brindar un, una este, profesión y ser lo, mejor, lo más profesional posible para ellas. Coach Giovanni, individualmente usted ha competido en, en la Liga Profesional de México también y uh, en el extranjero. Uh, te, ha tenido buena buena este fanfare con Mexicas. Um, so vamos a hablar de, de su carrera ahí uh, individualmente, pero en la Liga la liga Profesional ha crecido y usted ha, ha ayudado a crecer también como una, una estrella en esa liga también. Sí, la verdad es que ya es la cuarta, el cuarto año, fue el cuarto año de la Liga Profesional aquí en México. Gracias a Dios se me ha dado la oportunidad de seguir jugando, seguir jugando a gran nivel. Este año también pude participar en una liga que se llama International Arena Football League, que estuvo ahí, que es allá en Estados Unidos, en el condado de Texas. Entonces estuvimos participando también ahí en ese, pues, en ese torneo con jugadores mexicanos, en el equipo de Mexicas, este, quedamos campeones compitiendo contra equipos de Estados Unidos eh, en la LFA estuvimos participando entonces ahorita seguimos participando queriéndonos este seguir, seguir jugando igual en esta en esta vida de deporte que nos ha dejado que me ha dejado muchas satisfacciones entonces 
seguir preparándonos, no poner el ejemplo tanto como coach, como jugador, que pues la parte esencial es la preparación física y pues no dejarlo, ¿no? Y todo todo esto empieza por pues, el querer es poder. Entonces, en eso estamos y pues y solamente motivar a las jugadoras que sigan, a los jugadores, a las nuevas generaciones aquí el fútbol americano en México que siguen creciendo y que tenemos oportunidades, ¿no? Oportunidades para poder desarrollarnos de una mejor forma y por qué no pensar en grande. Coach Giovanni, este, a, a la, a muchas noticias de la, la liga canadiense uh, a traer uh, o importar este jugadores uh, mexicanos en varonil uh, de las ligas mayores. So, uh, cuando leí esa noticia, esa es la, casi la cosa primera porque normalmente se habla de la NPL, pero el, la liga de Canadá está importando este jugadores mexicanos. So, es una positiva para México y hay muchos hay muchos jugadores uh, en el varonil que se supone que uh, debían de llegar a, a Canadá y este, hacer saber a los, al equipo, a, a la Liga de Canadá, que hay mucho trabajo y que ustedes hacen buen buen juego en México también. Sí, 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 la verdad es que parte de las cosas que está haciendo la Liga Profesional aquí en México es poder mandar jugadores a, al extranjero, ya sea a Europa, ya sea a Canadá, ahorita se abrió esas puertas para ir a a jugar a Canadá y hay varios mexicanos de buen nivel, buen talento y creo que lo están demostrando, entonces la verdad es que eso es una puerta muy importante para las nuevas generaciones que vienen, el que pues se preparan, el que si hace un buen desarrollo físico-atlético en, este, en sus ligas colegiales puedan llegar y tener una oportunidad de competir profesionalmente en Canadá ¿no? digo, aquí yo convivo mucho con el jugador Máximo González que estuvo entrenando en un proyecto de la NFL que desgraciadamente por la edad o por lo, muchas cuestiones no se pudo quedar pero ya tener esa oportunidad de participar en un combine en el que los vean seguidores de fútbol americano de NFL creo que es, es algo muy positivo para que volteen ¿no? digo al fin y al cabo nosotros somos los pioneros o somos los jugadores de como Mike, este el Tyson López, como Ramiro Pronera, que estuvieron participando en la NFL, y creo que gracias a ellos voltearon a ver al jugador mexicano. Ahorita se está dando la oportunidad de Canadá, y creo que est están dejando buen sabor de bocas para los equipos de allá, para los este, directivos, entonces creo que es algo positivo para las nuevas generaciones. Digo, las nuevas generaciones ven que sí se puede, y creo que es una motivación para que se sigan preparando y, y invitar a los equipos de Estados Unidos, a los equipos de Canadá, que volteen a ver al, al, al atleta mexicano. Creo que somos, este, cada vez nos preparamos mejor, cada vez jugamos muchísimo mejor este deporte, tanto varonil como femenil. Entonces creo que el fútbol americano en México va creciendo. Coach, este, la oportunidad ha estado con usted allá también en, en la NFL y todo eso. So, es positivo todo esto porque por lo menos la oportunidad va a estar ahí, como dice usted, pero vamos a mirar como fanáticos al el talento uh, de México y qué hay en qué clase de talento hay en México, de las ligas mayores y de, la, de las ligas también, no antes de mayores, porque a veces ciertos chavos van a querer entrar en el draft o el combine y a, a hacer, si se pueden hacer algo diferente para entrar en un roster en, como en la, en, la, en la liga canadiense. Sí, 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 la verdad es que ya este nosotros vimos el panorama ya ven está es, se está viendo cómo se juega en la liga canadiense y creo que es un buen punto de partida igual aquí en México se están haciendo algunos cambios de que empiecen los jugadores 
más este, empiecen los jugadores a jugar su liga mayor, su liga colegial, este, pequeños a los 18, 19 años para poder acabar su elegibilidad y que tengan la edad suficiente o una edad atractiva para los equipos y que puedan pues tener mejor, mayores oportunidades. Creo que este eso es algo muy importante, no podernos poner al nivel de, un ejemplo, en Estados Unidos, que los jugadores de Estados Unidos a nivel colegial acaban a lo creo que de 21 o 20 años, ya están participando en combines de NFL, entonces aquí en México su, la elegibilidad de un este, estudiante eh, jugador, pues a los 25 o 26 años están terminando su elegibilidad y pueden jugar profesionalmente hasta esa edad, entonces ya es una edad creo que grande para poder para, pues, de, probarse en una liga canadiense o una liga de, de Estados Unidos. Entonces creo que esa es una buen, este, buena estrategia de empezar a los 18 años, acabar a los 22, 23 y poder tener esa oportunidad, que estás un poco más joven, que puedes tener todavía varias adaptaciones a tu cuerpo para poder participar a gran nivel. Pues Giovanni, este, a cierto punto le hemos sido la pregunta otra vez, pero ¿se va a terminar su carrera en ese coaching o va a, va, va a continuar jugando en la liga profesional más años? Pues si el cuerpo me permite y todavía puedo, pues me gustaría uh -huh. seguir jugando. Digo, tengo 30 años, creo que todavía puedo jugar unos tres añitos más, pero sigo de lleno en la parte del coacheo. Ahorita estoy eh, coachando en una universidad aquí en México, coachando juvenil, coachando este, liga mayor. Entonces, la verdad es que la parte de la profesión del coach cada vez es mucho más importante aquí en México cada vez más profesionalismo, sí. entonces estoy enfocado en la parte del coacheo, coachar mujeres, eso es algo que no, no pienso dejar, y la parte de poder jugar, si sí, los horarios y la parte de, del desarrollo físico, mi parte de preparación atlética me lo permite, pues me gustaría seguir jugando todavía. Coach, usted habló de la Liz, Lizbeth que entró en, uh, en la WNC en, en el, la, la temporada en oral, este hizo la primera uh, primera este touchdown en la historia de la liga. So, eso fue un momento grande no nomás para la liga, pero fue un momento grande para usted y, la, y el, el, el Estado de México, pero para ella también como una juega una jugadora internacional. Sí, no, la verdad es que yo conozco a Lisbeth que desde hace cinco años estuvo con nosotros esta temporada aquí en la Selección Centro regresó de Estados Unidos y se incorporó a los entrenamientos de la selección y la verdad es que qué te puedo decir es una jugada es un gran ser humano es un gran, una gran mujer es una, es una gran atleta luego por eso llegó estuvo en la selección mundial estuvo representando a su país es, tuvo la oportunidad de irse a Estados Unidos y qué mejor que diera los resultados que o sea quería la, hasta lo mejor los, los equipos estadounidenses esperaban eso por eso le invitaron entonces es muy grato el ver que jugadoras tengan esa, esas oportunidades y las sepan aprovechar. Más que nada que sepan aprovechar esas oportunidades y la verdad es que muy felices aquí en México. Le dábamos, le estábamos dando el seguimiento que, este, que podíamos ahí en las redes sociales, lo que subían y todo eso. Entonces creo que varias de sus compañeras, varias de los coaches, varias de aquí de, de fútbol americano en general, bastante felices y bastante contentos por, por ella y porque abre las puertas para las demás jugadoras mexicanas. Creo que todos los que tenemos la oportunidad de, de viajar, de poder jugar fútbol americano en diferentes países, eso es algo que 
tenemos la oportunidad de abrir los, pano los panoramas, abrir el abrir esa oportunidad para los demás jugadores mexicanos y creo que ella hizo un gran papel y creo que es la oportunidad que muchos mexicanos pudieran aprovechar para, para poder asistir a, a esa experiencia, ¿no? De poder jugar en Estados Unidos, poder jugar en Canadá también, ¿por qué no? Pero pues, ahora sí que invitar a, las, a los equipos, a los equipos de Estados Unidos que volteen a ver a las jugadas mexicanas, creo que tenemos un gran nivel y les pueden dar grandes resultados. Pero Giovanni, este, esperamos probablemente más jugadoras de su este, grupos y de su de su de su equipo probablemente participando en la siguiente temporada de la WNFC en 2020. So, estamos esperando a ver si hay noticia de alguien que va a hacer el, el viaje a los Estados Unidos para la siguiente temporada. Pero este el, el primer año está bueno, uh, todo fue bien positivo, está creciendo, uh, tenía la, tenía el soporte de Adidas y de Redell. So, esta liga eh, se supone que está haciendo algo de movimiento para el deporte femenino en los Estados Unidos, que es que es donde, donde nació pues el deporte. So, este, sus jugadoras uh, uh, jugando en esa liga y aparte jugando en el mundial, uh, es, es una preparación. Este, miramos los juegos de esa semana en, en México, en Monterrey, México, con la con el abierto y luego también tuvimos la oportunidad este, este esta semana de mirar el torneo europeo de la de la IFAB, de las de las, las mujeres en en este en Leeds, en en, en Britania Grande. So, era un, un evento, una semana se supone en el, en el este, ¿cómo se dice? En, en los eventos internacionales del fútbol femenino americano en, en dos continentes. Uh, eso es muy raro, pero qué bueno que pasó en, esa, en, es, en esta semana. pues Sí, la verdad es que sí. Creo que este, las mujeres están tomando un papel importante en la sociedad, que ven que sí se puede hacer cosas muy importantes. Y sí, también estuve siguiendo el campeonato europeo, y creo que este se lo llevó Finlandia bastante, jugando bastante buen, buen fútbol, en las británicas igual, Suecia, bastante buen fútbol. Entonces, eso quiere decir que el nivel cada vez sube más. El nivel que se puede manejar el día del el, el 2021 en Finlandia, creo que puede ser un gran espectáculo en ese campeonato mundial. Y creo que se pone eh, se ve que las jugadoras las jugadoras en general en todo el mundo se preparan muchísimo mejor para dar un excelente espectáculo que sea más atractivo para para todos no para los este para todas las empresas para todas las este, televisoras o eh, eh, grupos que quieran aportar o, o quieran apoyar para que el fútbol americano femenino siga creciendo en todo, el, en todo el mundo. Entonces, creo que fue muy grato, fue muy grato tener fútbol americano por todas partes, el varonil, femenil. Digo, también ya empezó la NFL, estuvo el campeonato mundial, el campeonato nacional aquí en México. Entonces, creo que este fútbol americano es muy grato por todo el mundo y pues, ahorita se dio la oportunidad para las mujeres que en todos lados hubiera y es, es genial verlos, verlas como cada día a día crecen y crecen. Uh, uh, Coach Giovanni, uh, la ganada de 3 a 0 era una sorpresa para nosotros, pero uh, no, iba, no, tamos, no teníamos sorpresa porque todos, uh, hasta yo, decía que iba a ser como 18 a 14, 21 a 17, y en el, en el último resultado fue la diferencia de 3 puntos, y todos pensábamos que iba a ser 3 puntos la diferencia en el, en el final abierto, y eso es lo que pasó. Sí, la verdad es que 
Yo, es un torneo muy desgastante, desgraciadamente, por que este, por muchas cosas de logística, que las jugadoras, la gran mayoría, estudia, trabaja, son madres de familia. Entonces, la cuestión aquí en México de, de dejar su trabajo por mucho tiempo es muy muy difícil, porque si no, uh -huh. no este, por las cuestiones de permisos, etcétera Entonces, por eso se, se hace un torneo pues muy rápido, son cuatro días, son este jueves, uh -huh. viernes, sábado y domingo que se juegan. Entonces, fue un torneo demasiado desgastante, demasiado este, exigente. Se jugaban dos juegos uh -huh. a la, dos juegos por día, uno en la mañana y uno en la tarde. Entonces, uh -huh. el calor, la verdad, es que estaba bastante fuerte. Estábamos a 40 grados, 42 grados centígrados wow. en, el, este, en el calor. Entonces, creo que fue demasiado desgastante para las jugadoras. El último juego en la final, pues, son jugamos... Ya veníamos después de jugar siete juegos. Entonces, en la final era el octavo sí. juego. Fue un juego completo de cuatro cuartos. Entonces... Creo que se vio el nivel, ¿no? Fue un juego muy bastante defensivo, hubo bastantes jugadas espectaculares, buenos acarreos, buenos pases, jugando defensivamente muy agresivo, las jugadoras entendiendo el sistema que queríamos y que no, que no hubiera jugadas grandes, buenos bloqueos, buenos tacleos. Entonces, creo que fue un buen resultado y fue un resultado que creo que se esperaba, un, un duelo de defensivas, sabiendo que pues las dos mejores defensivas llegaron a la final, con cero puntos en contra en todos los juegos, entonces pues la diferencia solamente fueron tres puntos, creo que por, por eso fueron las dos mejores defensivas, ¿no? Entonces uh -huh. sí creo que fue una digna final para un campeonato nacional de este de esta índole y el nivel que se mostró en, en todo el torneo. Cochabani miró la, miró la final europeo, también usted, este... Uh... Irlanda contra este Finlandia. Sí, estuve viendo partes, digo, la verdad es que estuvimos ahí sacando scouts, viendo juegos porque también nosotros estamos en competencia, pero estuvimos viendo uh -huh. partes y este estuvo muy bueno, la verdad es que empe empezó ganando no, la anticipación era 12, 12 a 0, tres cuartos, cuando lo estaba mirando dije, ok, ya ganó este el, you know, el oro este este la británica pero este el equipo Finlandia este en el, el en el último cuarto just se vino con todo ofensivo y este los penalties uh, se supone que le dañaron un poquito a Británica pero el 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 diferencia de puntos es algo que mucha gente aquí en los Estados Unidos eh, cuando estamos mirando el juego no podían creer porque dice que okay, pues ganaron el juego pero perdieron la you know, el, el, tor el perdieron el torneo en otras palabras pero eso es algo que pasa en el juego internacional, ¿no? Sí, 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 la verdad es que, como te comentaba, iba ganando Britania 3-0 y después de Finlandia le da la vuelta, creo que son torneos donde dejas todo por el todo, entonces tú sacas lo mejor que puedas, lo haces lo mejor que puedas, es más que nada de orgullo, entonces se demuestra el nivel de competencia, de competitividad que se muestra en estos tipos de juegos, ¿no? No te das por vencido y no des por hecho porque vas ganando, en un cuarto te pueden sacar un juego. Entonces, creo que esa es la parte de competencia, esa parte de competitividad que va creciendo, el nivel que va creciendo en las mujeres. Y eso es lo mismo que creo que va a pasar el siguiente año, ¿no? El siguiente, perdón, el siguiente mundial. Eh, Estados Unidos arrasaba y el año, el, el mundial pasado, pues sí fue campeón, pero ya México se les puso 24-0. Entonces fue un resultado que, pues a lo mejor es mucho, pero creo que 
se, se acerca a que pues ya cada vez no está, estamos a, a todos los países están a, a un buen nivel y puede ser una, un mundial muy atractivo el siguiente. Cuando se finalizó el resultado, la, mucha gente en la en, en, en británica decía que, ok, por, pero ganaron el juego, ¿por qué perdieron el torneo? Pero era tenía que ganar por seis puntos. Y este yo digo que el, el coaching staff de la Finlandia sabía, se supone que tenían que nomás este, meter suficientes puntos nomás para no perder. Y eso es lo que hicieron. Pusieron, you know, 18 a 14. La diferencia era seis, so ganaron el torneo y la medalla. Sí, digo, la verdad es que como coaches también tienes que ir bien preparado, ¿no? Tienes que estar bien mentalizado, bien enfocado en lo que tienes que hacer y pues realmente saber a lo que estamos jugando, saber lo que nos jugamos y pues hacer lo necesario para poder lograr el resultado. Y creo que pues ahí está la muestra que eso pasó. All right. So, Coach Emani, gracias por hacer el tiempo. Este, quería traerlo para entrevistarlo porque este, para darle su buenas uh, noticias porque el, con el campeonato que hizo usted también con el, la, el, la selección centró y con todas las talentosas este, atléticas que tiene usted en el equipo y ah, pero este el, el, el abierto fue algo emocionante el, a tiempos también ah, había lesiones en ciertos eh, equipos y también con la calor y todo eso que pasó y, y se supone que el siguiente torneo al, al siguiente año se supone que lo, se va a hacer más mejor ¿Va a ser anual uh, el torneo, uh, coach, o va a ser ciertas temporadas? ¿No sabe? Este, ahorita no sabemos. Digo, así como se está llevando a cabo cada año, yo creo que va a ser anual para poder darle seguimiento adecuado a las jugadoras que puedan estar en una selección. Este, la federación es la encargada de ello. Cada año tienen sus congresos. Entonces, va a ser ese congreso, deciden dónde y cuándo se va a llevar a cabo el nacional entonces seguramente será el año que viene igual porque lo hemos hecho anual para te comento darle ese seguimiento y bueno, afortunadamente cada vez integran más staff de coacheos con este, mejores este, ya con bastante experiencia entonces creo que es algo positivo que se haga anual varias jugadoras integran año con año al fútbol americano femenil entonces creo que sería algo muy positivo que año con año se haga y creo que así va a ser. Sí, digo, hubo varias lesiones, hubo algunas cosas de ahí con el calor, pero creo que es no podemos ponernos así este, exigentes. no Creo que lo que podemos hacer es tomarlo como oportunidad. Esto es algo de oportunidad para seguir mejorando, ver las cosas buenas, ver las cosas malas, sacar lo positivo y lo negativo solamente cambiarla y hacerla cada vez mejor. Entonces creo que este es un área de oportunidad grande para poder hacer cada vez mejor las cosas. Coach Ivani, gracias otra vez por hacer el tiempo y este todo el tiempo es un honor hablar con usted y este esperando este la nueva temporada en femenil en, en México la, en 2020 y luego esperando el campeonato también este en Finlandia hasta para el, el atento de hacer este la medalla de oro para México también, so, estamos esperando todos grandes cosas del programa y este usted ar, arriba del programa yo, yo sé que va a ser algo positivo y, y buen resultado no, pues Muchísimas gracias a ustedes por darle seguimiento al fútbol americano femenil aquí en México al fútbol americano en general y este pues, muchísimas gracias y ahí estaremos dando buenas noticias y este 
cualquier cuestión de noticias, todo eso, con gusto ahí estaremos para darles información. Gracias, coach, otra vez, esperando mucho éxito en el futuro también y uh, otra entrevista en el futuro, a ver si uh, cuando se venga el torneo y se venga también el campeonato mundial. Creo que sí, estamos para servirte y con mucho gusto. Gracias, coach, tenga buen día. Igualmente, hasta luego. All right, guys, that was um, Coach Giovanni Carrillo Larios. That's from the uh, bronze-winning IFAB World Championship Mexican team. And obviously his team won the Women's Open Tournament in Monterey this past weekend with uh, Central Selection, which is LaFay's uh, squad that he led. And they won 3-0 to zero over LaFay Force. And you can get all the details at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Beauties. Everything from the week that started to the week that ended. Thanks. Uh, shout out to FIBA Sports. Shout out to Football Femme Mexico, Maximo Avance, and Tercer Cuarto. That's our network in Mexico covering women's American football and always just enlightening and giving us the best of the best. So Coach Giovanni is literally playing in professional football as well himself in the uh, professional league in Mexico, LFA, and he plays for the Mexicas. So he has been champion in very various uh, levels, uh, in junior and uh, in in the bigger levels in terms of college and major leagues in Mexico, and as well now multi-time champion in women's uh, football. So he's a very impressive resume that he has, and I always bring him on, always willing to do it, and he's very gracious. And uh, I want to give him his due because he's obviously a talented coach that gets results, and his goal obviously is to put this Mexican team on the map in Finland 2021. And as he alluded here in Spanish, uh, he did watch the Great Britain versus Finland game. Very impressed. He understands the challenges that Finland's bringing at this point and also what Great Britain has brought. So two tough teams that he's probably going to have to match up against in uh, Finland for the 2020 uh, IFAB World Championship. So really excited for him, really excited for his squad. And uh, he talked about Lizbeth, uh, Mondragon, who played for the WNFC Atlanta Phoenix. Uh, and so he's really excited that hopefully more players from his group and more players from Mexico will make the leap into the WNFC so that other fans can see what kind of talent uh, is brewing in Mexico. So really excited times for him there as well. We got Lexfa, FX Mexico, LaFi, top three leagues that we cover all the way around, including the regional leagues on off and on. But for the most part, that's what we cover. No different than what we cover in the States when we cover WFA and the WNFC and the USWSFL. So we're kind of covering all that. But you go to the hub, facebook.com, Beauties. You get the details there. You'll be in the know. Share it. And if you haven't gone to the hub, go there. Tell your friends about it. This is the best network on the planet. Very proud to say that. We cover everything wall-to-wall, continent-to-continent, gridiron, Australia. We cover Europe. Guam, United States, South America, North America, everywhere that there's women playing American football, we're on it. We have the best network on the planet. I'm very proud to say that. So go to the hub at facebook.com for slash Grand Beauties. We're going to be talking Legends Football League playoffs here. Um, Nate Ward could not make it today. He's under the weather with some bad uh, cold, so he's not going to be able to kind of make it in. So we're going to go through it right now. And kind of this weekend's a huge weekend for LFL because it is the biggest uh, biggest playoff matchup here. And it's a very interesting matchup because you're going to have players probably sprung up from different teams playing on these competitive teams 
that they have on here. So uh, it's a pretty interesting matchup. August 24th, uh, we've got KK Matheny, Seattle, Miss, take on the Atlanta scheme and Dakota Hughes. Big storylines here for both teams. Uh, Seattle obviously looking to get back to Legends Cup and winning this. Uh, and you have the absence of Allie Alberts, who had injured up there. But you do have Jade Randall and the all-fantasy talent of the Seattle Miss. So veteran coach against veteran coach, Dane Robinson. Uh, and it's going to be Dakota Hughes, our girl out there, legend, uh, uh, no joke football athlete, Michelle Marshall, also is going to be in Atlanta. So she's looking for another crown. And so it's going to be an interesting game in Los Angeles. Matchup-wise, pretty even uh, until you get to another level, which is Seattle, because even their backups are very superb. Kara Bryant, and uh, you have a lot of talent there as well. Uh, Dominic Malloy. Uh, so there's a lot of players that obviously are going to step up for Seattle. On the other side, uh, Atlanta has got surprising players, Tibbs, Holsey, um, and you got the always, uh, like I said, Martin, uh, deadly Michelle Marshall. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, Atlanta got here in a 50 to 14, uh, you know, win over the Omaha Heart as they tear down Lauren Crouch and Anna Garza's Omaha Heart that weekend at home, and that's how they get here. Really, really an impressive performance by the Atlanta team, and so now they get to face the Seattle Miss and KK Matheny and company. So it's going to be a great battle this weekend in Ontario, and you'll get to see it probably not this weekend, but the following weekend on the Legends Football League channel. You can go watch Week 16 at the Legends Football League channel now. It is the pretty tough matchup. It was the Austin Acoustic edging the uh, Nashville Knights 20-18. What a game by Molly Richardson and the Knights, and they really came to play uh, considering the game they had against the Bliss and very stepped up. And Austin obviously got a little worried there towards the end there that, uh, that the Knights were going to go ahead and punch their ticket to the playoffs. But a great game to watch. So if you want to go to the Legends Football League YouTube channel, check it out week 16. It is the uh, Austin Acoustic, Michelle Angel versus the Nashville Knights and Molly Richardson. The other matchup we got going on is obviously the Austin Acoustic story, and that is the 4-0 Austin Acoustic as they defeated Nashville 20-18 in Week 16. They, in turn, will get a rematch against the Los Angeles Temptation, which they faced before. L.A. comes in here with some heavy, heavy uh, anticipation and expectations. Uh, Salerno looking to be uh, second round here against uh, Michelle Angel. So we got round two, Michelle Angel against uh, Ashley Salerno. Ashley uh, really needs to step up here, get that L.A. team over the hump. They haven't been to a competitive Legends Cup since 2012. She was the quarterback that led that that rush. She's got some talent around her. Um, Mariah Lopez, you got uh, uh, Ann Erler, um, you got Sherry Agawa. So you got all these talented players. You got Dan, uh, Daniel Harvey as well here. Um, so it's it's there's no reason LA can't pull this win out. It's just a matter of whether they can. Uh, Austin really coming in. They just added news this week. Added uh, Anna Garza to the roster from the the playoff mode that is allowed by the LFL to put in a, a player in, from a non-playoff team into the roster. So that's going to be a difference maker. We won't know how much of a difference maker it is until they until the, the game this, this this next weekend. But we are going to see a talented matchup. At Austin, L.A. L.A.'s at home. This is Ontario. Even though it's the playoffs, this is their home. Uh, what better way to go out into Legends Cup to Seattle 
if you take on if you take down the Austin Acoustics. So that is the challenge that Los Angeles will have. And Seattle against Atlanta, it is Atlanta's game that they need to prove. No different than Los Angeles here. The steam needs to prove that they can get the monkey off their back. So either we're going to get a matchup of Los Angeles, Atlanta, and Seattle, or we're going to get a matchup of maybe Austin-Seattle. There's a lot of combinations here. Uh, the top two teams in the LFL right now, if you rank them, it would be Seattle, Austin, one and two, and then you would probably put in Atlanta and L.A. So there's a, a mixture there of what's going to happen. So really good matchups coming up here in this uh, playoff mode in Ontario. Looking forward to Legends Cup as in Seattle. So if you're uh, excited, make your trip there. Make the, Get your tickets now. But the Seattle Miss, top dog right now against Atlanta Steam. That's going to be really exciting uh, to watch. And we'll, we'll kind of figure it out uh, this next week as it plays out. You can follow us on Twitter. Follow us uh, pretty much on Facebook at the hub at facebook.com. Get the two previews there on our at the hub. The game recap for week 15, Atlanta. Back in the playoffs, break Omaha Hards 50 to 14. And then you get the other preview uh, game recap of 0-4 to 4-0 in just two years. The Austin Acoustics impressive run as they hang on to defeat the National Knights 20-18 in week 16. And if you haven't gone to the hub, we got everything covered. The National Women's National Open Tournament in Mexico, wall-to-wall coverage there. You can get it right there at the hub. A lot of news, a lot of photos, a lot of excitement as La Five Central wins versus La Five Fours, three to zero. What an exciting week for women's um, uh, football in Mexico, as Coach Giovanni just alluded to. A lot of heat in, in the in the week. It was a cram between Thursday and Saturday. It is, uh, you know, double double games, an AM and a, and a PM. Um, there was a pretty much issue of heat, and there's a lot of, a couple players that were hurt. But overall, the heat really was extreme, almost uh, close to 120 in Monterey, Mexico, playing in that. So uh, hats off to all the uh, amazing, talented athletes that played in that tournament and obviously had to overcome that as well. So great job there. Um, if you go to the hub, you get to see it. Um, Jen Welter has a camp coming up here on August 31st in Fort Lauderdale. It's going to be at Cardinal Gibson High School. Um, so you can register now at jenwelter.com. You can check in at 1, and it uh, uh, starts from 2 to 6. It's free. It is presented by Adidas as Adidas presents Jen Welker Girls Flag Football Camp. So you check it out at the hub there. Click it on there and get the details. Register if you are in Fort Lauderdale for Coach Jen's uh, Adidas presents Jen Welker's Football Camp. And I believe uh, it'll start on, on August 31st. So check it out there. You can get the details at the link there as well. So Seattle uh, Miss looking very impressive as the front runner to go to Legends Cup, to host the Legends Cup, and to hoist another Legends Cup. So that's uh, kind of the storyline there. Uh, we'll see if it turns out really well, but they do have the weapons. J- former MVP Jade Randall. You got KK Matheny, Malloy, Kara Bryant, Savannah Woods. I mean, you name it, they got they got weapons uh, in Seattle. So they're looking forward to it. Uh, like I said, Daniel Harvey in Los Angeles, looking forward to upsetting the Austin Acoustic at home. It is uh, – from what I'm told, this would be her last game in the LFL. So it would be nice for uh, Daniel Harvey and the temptation to go to Legends Cup in Seattle and see if she could get a Legends Cup before she retires. So that would be a great storyline there as well. But you can check out everything at the Hub at Facebook. 
facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties. Uh, the big news, Anna Garza going to the Austin Acoustic for this coming up weekend. We also have news out of the IWFA. IWFA, the future is bright for women's football. The IWFA kind of standing out in Texas with the eight on eight. We talked to Terrence Haywood a while back. Uh, they just went to Mexico uh, about a week or so, two weeks ago, and they defeated FXL in Mexico 61-0. So IWFA making noise in Texas. We're going to be keeping an eye on them as they go into the premier season coming up here in a couple uh, weeks, and we'll get to check out you know, all the teams, about four or five teams that are going to be competing in the premier season up to, I believe, February, and then their regular season kicks in. So it's eight-on-eight eight action in uh, Texas. And so that's the IWFA that we're actually watching for. If you guys are inclined, we're in NFL preseason now, so it's pretty easy to do. Uh, we're on FanDuel. So if you go to FanDuel, go to FanDuel, register on FanDuel. We're going to give you 10 bucks. We're going to give you 10 bucks. Follow the link. Get 10 bucks to play NFL before it kicks off here. Well, you can play NFL preseason as well. But NFL starts off. You can play on us $10. Check it out. Go to the link. The invite link, you get $10 when you play. You can play NFL all season long on FanDuel and earn some money, make some good good uh, excitement uh, on Sundays, on game day. And so check it out. Go to the link there. We're playing on FanDuel, and we're going to give you 10 bucks. So how easy is that? So check it out on our, on our link on our Facebook page as well. Uh, congratulations to uh, a nice story out there in Gridiron, Queensland, as Coach Lon Turlock uh, kind of showcased a couple players, and it was really nice for her to kind of share it. Uh, there's about four or three talented players on the, I believe, the Rhinos that she's coaching, and that votes well for the future of women's gridiron in Australia. So congratulations to those talented athletes out there taking on American football and learning about it. And then uh, Coach Sherlock, obviously, for make, evolving their skills and getting them to another level. So pretty exciting times in Australia. And as we're talking Australia, we get into the season – here as it's coming up August 24th, uh, we got to the season coming up. Gridiron Queensland, Gridiron New South Wales uh, coming up here as well. So uh, this coming week, so we'll keep tabs on that. We are going to be wall-to-wall coverage in terms of uh, New South Wales and uh, Gridiron Queensland. So it's really, really exciting times there. Let me get my notes here. I think we had, I believe, Stingrays, Ravens in action this weekend. We'll keep it up to date as we get it on the hub as well we got nfl roster bubbles if you go to the hub biggest names who could be cut this weekend uh we even antonio brown from what we hear but i doubt that'll, that'll happen but you can go there bleacher reports got your low down there you can read up on it as well we got preseason uh barry sanders uh kind of highlight video i had it just posted this guy's mad awesome and so if you guys go to the hub you can get to catch it there we also have nfl preseason uh, week one uh, in terms of plays that are insane. You can go watch the video there as well. And we captured everything that happened at the women's uh, world, uh, the European world uh, uh, championship tournament that happened. So the women's IFAB women's European championship in Leeds, we captured all the moments there. American Football International, thanks to them. Double coverage, BAFA women. You get the lowdown there, you get the storylines, you get everything broken down there as well. Uh, what a weekend for Team uh, Great Britain as they almost and almost end up getting that win. They, if they had kept it up and they would have not uh, let Finland come back, they would have been gold medalists on their home turf in terms of the Euro Championship. So 
but they played a very good game. They win 18 to 14. They obviously get the bronze versus the gold. And so um, Team Finland, very excited. Uh, so you can get all the articles there. Uh, CVT, uh, Sweden, uh, coverage of the Sweden uh, team taking the European silver in American football. Check it out there. Also Team Finland, covered by American Football International as Team Finland crowned the IFAB Women's Champion once again as they win back-to-back championships, 2015 when they won in Spain, and 2019 now as they win in Leeds, UK. So really uh, good tune-up for them. We'll see how they showcase. They didn't play as well in Langley, Vancouver, as expected, but I know from my sources, not everybody uh, on the team could make it to the States. So we know for a fact at this point in 2021, they're playing at home, so the expectation is this team that just showed up in Europe is going to be that team that's going to be the competitive team on the world stage at the IFAB World Championship in 2021. So we're expecting, obviously, Team Finland uh, a better showing at the World Championships from the results that we have at the Euro Championships. So when, uh, like I said earlier, we're going to shout out to uh, FIBA Sports, was covering pretty much everything happening at the Mexican tournament. Really appreciate all their efforts. They did a fantastic job, uh, as well as getting us all the information that we needed out there. And then Football Femme, uh, Mexico as well, really good job there covering the uh, Women's Open Tournament in uh, Mexico. So really, really appreciate all their efforts. And we really love our network. We have a lot of talented individuals that supply us information, share with us, and do a lot of things with us to, sh- to kind of showcase everything that's happening in the women's game. There's a lot of laboring on our part, but we love it. They love it. And it kind of works together with us because we obviously are passionate about covering the women's game internationally as well as domestically and showcasing it to the world. So uh, you can also get the photos from La Five Force. There's a couple photos from uh, the Thursday uh, kickoff. And that was La Five Force taking on uh, Lexpa. And that pretty awesome photos that were uh, basically sent in to us from there. So you get full coverage from the EuroLeague to the Mexican Women's Open. So this weekend was huge for women's football, and we're just so excited to kind of share everything with you guys. And a lot of the posts that came up, really appreciate everybody coming to the, to the, uh, the hub and kind of sharing and commenting and uh, making everybody aware of what's happening in the world of women's American football. And this, this week alone, on two continents, in Europe and over here in North America, what an exciting time to be covering the game, and it's really awesome. And congratulations to all the athletes, not just the winners, but everybody that participated in both in both tournaments. Um, really exciting. And uh, One Side Productions over in um, over in England did a great job there as well. Baffo Fischel with the coverage on Twitter as well as uh, double coverage on Twitter, keeping us updated on the tweets as well. So really, really awesome uh, events that happen, and uh, look forward to this coming week as we got August 24th. Like I said, Gridiron Queensland kicks off. Gridiron New South Wales quick, kicks off in Australia. We're looking forward to uh, uh, the 25th, Hamburg, uh, Amazon taking on the Berlin Cobras in DBL1. And I have DBL2 as uh, the coverage will be there. DBL2 as well, Maine Eagles taking on the Comets. Uh, and then on the 31st, coming up in Germany, DBL2 quarterfinals, and that's going to be on the 31st, so we'll keep tabs on that next week. The Lazy Bowl 28 will happen on September 21st, so you uh, basically expect that to be an awesome event. Uh, Berlin Cobra is really uh, finishing up the season this weekend. 
against uh, Hamburg Amazon, so we'll uh, get the results from the AFBD. And so it uh, looks like a, an exciting uh, today was 287 because a lot of excitement. We got, we got to talk to Star Wright to talk about the excitement that happened at the Women's Open in Mexico. And uh, we're looking forward to the next weekend, this coming weekend, Legends Football League Action on the 24th, Gridiron Queensland, Gridiron New South Wales, and then uh, finishing up in the playoffs here and also in in Germany. And my notes, I know I took my notes. Here they are. Okay, so I got my notes here. A lot of stuff to cover, so here I am. Um, so we got action happening, semifinals. Uh, they're going to happen over in, um, I believe it's fin- uh, Finland. Yeah, Finland, I believe. Um, it's going to be semifinals. It's uh, Wolverine Gold taking on the Steelers, uh, Fuopo Steelers, the Turku Trojans taking on number three, Valkyries. And that's going to happen this weekend, one versus four, two versus three. Um, we'll keep you updated as well. And then uh, Division Two, uh, Division One, which is considered Division One, but Maple League is Division One. Division Two, which is Division uh, Division Two, will happen also. And those semifinals are going to happen on the 24th and 25th. So we'll keep tabs on that. The final in Division Two will happen on September 8th. So we'll keep you up to date. Everything that's happening in the women's game, go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. If you guys want to go to Zazzle, um, check it out. Just buy the shirt, the most popular shirt we have. Uh, you can get the Not A Boy shirt as well. You can get the No Joke Football Slogan shirt, silver and black. Uh, get it at up to 20% off. Go to Zazzle.com. Go to the hub at the Shop Now tab. It's a blue tab. Pretty easy to do. Click it. Go there. If you have a country code, if you're listening to us in Europe, if you're listening to us in Canada, Mexico, anywhere you're listening to us, go to the hub uh, at Facebook.com. Go Shop Now. It'll take you to the link on Zazzle. At the very bottom, it says Worldwide tab. Click on Worldwide tab, and it'll have your country. And choose the country code there. Enter your country code and go to the shop there. Uh, purchase everything locally, and you'll be able to get a pretty pretty cool discount up to 20% off on certain sites internationally as well. Uh, you can, if you're in the States, you can go to uh, the uh, No Joke Football shop, and you subscribe to Zazzle Black at about $10. Zazzle has been our sponsor for about six years. Uh, we need to support them because they are – what keeps this podcast alive and uh, bringing awareness to the sport on this podcast on the different platforms that we have. So uh, gracious to them for ba- making it happen as well. So really appreciate everybody uh, supporting Zazzle and uh, getting something from there. Uh, even if it's just the traditional no joke football shirt, because your game is no joke and your football is no joke football. So check it out there. Uh, really excited for the next weekend. See what's going to come about as uh gridiron Australia starts. And we also have a Legends Football League playoffs. So for the uh, absent Troy Wilson and for the absent Holly Custis, Mackenzie Brooks, and thanks for Luis Bean to come in here today and kind of talk on that. It's going to be a really exciting weekend. We're looking forward to the results here. But what a weekend this past weekend as uh, thanks to Coach Solario to come in here. Uh, Coach Solario is coming in here to kind of give us insights on the Women's American uh, football tournament that happened in the Women's Open in Mexico. And thanks to Star Wright as she anticipates and gets gets excited for WNFC 2020 as the Philly Phantoms invade WNFC in 2020. So we're really excited about that as well. Um, so we go. Find my notes here. There we are. Okay, so before we get out of here, because I want to just give everybody kind of like their, their due here. So we do have in Gridiron Queensland, August 24th, uh, the season will kick off. And then November 2nd is when it ends. So this past this next weekend, August 24th, Bayside Ravens defend their uh, you know kick off their new season as champs. They will take on the Griffith Thunder. 
And then you have the Morton Rappers taking on the Gold Coast Stingrays. Um, that will be this weekend, so we'll keep tabs on that. Our Nojo football athletes, uh, uh, Christy Moran out there and Lauren Evans and Aurora Turlock. So we'll keep tabs on everybody out there in terms of um, what's going on there in the action. So check it out. If you don't, uh, it'll be on the hub as we get coverage from either press or videos, and we'll post it up there as well. So Bayside Ravens taking on Griffith Thunder, and then uh, the Morton Bay Raptors taking on the Gold Coast Stingrays in Gridiron, Queensland. And anticipation for that. And we'll keep tabs on Grand New South Wales as well as they come into their season. So a lot of uh, things happening in the women's game still. On top of that, we're going we're gonna to talk NFL preseason next week. Uh, and as we get ready for week one of the NFL, we'll be talking more NFL in the first uh, segment. And so we'll, we'll dive into that as well. So um, I really appreciate everybody coming to the Hub and then checking it out. And also, if you haven't gone to our Instagram, go check out our Instagram. Our Instagram is huge. And you can get the Finland team uh, spotlighted on our Instagram. So congratulations to the Team Finland for winning the Euro uh, Women's Championships. And also congratulations to uh, Central Selection uh, out of the Mexican Women's Open Tournament for winning their uh, championship as well, 3-0 against the 5-4s. So we'll catch you guys here next week, 288, as we uh, anticipate the results of everything that's happening in Germany, everything that's happening in Greater Australia, Greater New South Wales, as well as uh, Finland, and everything results in terms of Legends Football League playoffs in Ontario. So for uh, the absent uh, co-host, here's Oscar Lopez saying thank you very much for coming in, and we look forward to next week as we get more results and more excitement as we build up to the NFL 2019 season and anticipation for Gridiron Australia news and notes. Have a great night, everybody.